I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the social media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week. We're actually in studio again this week, a Miracle of Miracles. And I've got two good friends with me, two great guests with me today, Ryan Johnson and Benjamin Dietrich. And you guys probably caught the show we did on three prophetic words that I had received and we had a conversation about. You know, that flowed so well and we got such a great response from you all on that. When these guys were here in town for an event, I thought, what a great excuse for us to get in the studio together and talk prophetic. So what we're going to do today, and this is sort of off the cuff, we haven't really compared notes or prepared anything between us, but God's been preparing us for this moment, and we want to share with you kind of a prophetic forecast for 2023. And what I mean by that is I just want to hear from them, and you'll hear from me, words God has given them, insights God's given them, strategies, whatever it is, as we come into 2023. We just crossed into 5783 on the Hebrew calendar, and we released words for 5783. And I know there's a huge overlap, that the Hebrew year leads into the Gregorian year, but God's so faithful, he seems to always be speaking, and I wanted to hear from these men what they're hearing God's saying for 2023 so we can share it with you. So, Ryan, let's kick things off. We'll put you on the spot. What are you, what are you getting for 2023? What are you feeling? What are you sensing? Um, I genuinely believe that this is going to shift into a season. Um, one of those things I, I, I say every year, whenever you release a, a a year, a word for the year, people go, oh, God doesn't do anything. I never say that at December 31st to January right. 1st is it's, God's done with this year and automatically goes. But I genuinely believe that we're going to enter into a season. And it's, for many, it will be very trying. Mm -hmm. But for the true sons and daughters of God, you will see a harvest come about. You will see things that uh, you've prayed for, you've longed for, and, right and, and this will happen. But I, you know, I don't want to sound, and I, I'm genuinely, you know my heart, you know me, I'm, I'm not the doom gloom guy, right. but there is a realistic side of things that are happening in the world, and, and one of the things that we would definitely see in the natural is a famine. Mm -hmm. uh, there's already regions of the earth right now that are experiencing small levels of that. I genuinely believe we'll see more of that. Do I think it's a worldwide pandemic famine? No, I don't. But I think there's going to be different regions that is going to experience this. Now, is that, quote unquote, thus saith the Lord God Almighty? No, that's looking at the nature of the okay. world that All is right. happening All right, right now. Because of the pandemic, everything shut down, there's things that are very difficult to get a hold of. But here's what I see God saying because of what is happening in the natural there will also be an opportunity for Joseph's to rise up. Right. Who are given strategic. Uh, assignments to be able to store grain, to be able to help, to feed. You'll see pockets of regions where the body of Christ may be in a region that is hurting in the natural, but spiritually they're thriving. And not only because they're spiritually thriving, they're also going to they're going to thrive in the natural as well. Yeah. And it's not going to make sense to the world. And the world's going to look and say, "How is this happening? What are you What are you doing?" And it's going to be because the earth has been groaning for the revelation of the sons of God. That's it. And because of this is happening, part of this is, is, is you know, th this season of what is beginning to teeter-totter right here is, unfortunately for many, those that are Christian in, in name only are going to be exposed. Why those who are the sons and daughters of righteousness are going to be revealed. Uh -huh. And that's what's going to come out of this. And so I see in natural and spiritual sides, there's going to be this struggle in a lot of areas. But in the midst of it, you, you, you know, the best way I could say this is set the table and prepare to be able to invite and, and feast. That sounds so ridiculous to say feast in the midst right. of a natural famine right. or a spiritual famine. But those that are in Christ will know. Those that are in Christ will, will, will have the demonstration that God is love. Let me ask you this. Um, I agree with you about the Josephs rising up. And um, is, are you hearing any strategies from God? Like for Joseph, obviously, there was the dream. And he said, well, this is, this is what these dreams mean. Seven years of bounty and then seven years of famine. But here's the strategy of the Lord for us 
to thrive to be able to set a table in the midst of the famine. And he gave him the strategy. And obviously it wasn't just for Egypt. It, w it saved Israel. It saved many others. And I believe that's one of the things God wants to do. And this isn't just a word for 2023, but it's a word I've been carrying for a little while now that Isaiah 60 verse 2 is one of the most key scriptures right now where in many translations, not all include this word, but the ones that do, it's key, where God says, behold darkness in the earth and deep darkness on the people. And we talked about this on the previous broadcast that we did where God is saying I want you to be aware of this stuff because you're there to deal with this stuff because right. when you allow the kingdom of God to arise in you you allow or choose to have the glory of the Lord appear upon you that's not a passive thing that God just does it it's us coming to agreement with the kingdom that's within us it's us coming into agreement with the goodness of God that we have and carry and allowing that to be seen as opposed to allowing frustration anger irritation fear despair apathy apostasy to yeah. be seen. So we're here to deal with these things. Is God showing you, or maybe you, because I always notice when we do these things, the words weave together, mm -hmm. is he giving you any insights of a strategy for that season so that we do thrive? Not only the promise that we won't thrive, that we will thrive during the famine, but is he giving you a strategy like he gave Joseph? Mm -hmm. I do hear pockets of some places that are doing stuff, but I'll speak strictly to what we're doing, yep. where we're at is, we're strategizing, detailing everything out right now for the natural side of things. Because we see ourselves in our local church as a storehouse. Right on. So, it, you know, a lot of people will say, uh, you have a feeding center or whatever. And, and those are great. I'm not discrediting them whatsoever. But what we're doing strategically is to build that storehouse up. And so that we see things put away for that time that we not only impact our local body, but our vision is not our local body, our vision is our region. Mm -hmm. And so now we're strategizing of what we can do in the natural side of things. So we're, we're doing just like a, a silo of stocking grain to be able to be a storehouse to our community so that we're able to help those that may be hurting on that side of it. Spiritually, on the other side of the strategy is and, and this sounds, you know, the churches went through a season, and I love them, don't discredit what I'm about to say, but we went through the conferences, we went yeah. through the big events and everything, and, and those are great. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not against them. I'm not against them at all. But we're seeing a shift to strategize to more of the focus of two things, family and disciples. Mm. And so we're, we're scaling back to strategize that the way that we're going to see the revelation of the sons is that we impact the family through discipleship. And so everything is, our strategy has been withdrawn in order to go out. Instead of going out to draw in, we're drawing in to draw out. Does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm totally. In that? Yep. So we've kind of flipped the page of where we're at and how we're focusing on it. So those things are, are our biggest strategy. And the way that we get this is exactly how Christ did it. You know, the, the world is not turned upside down with 3,000 disciples. It's turned upside down by 12. Right. Who then become 3,000, who then becomes 9,000, who then becomes that. And so our strategy now is the reversal of that where we've went, you know, for example, you have a, a conference and people go and they, they, they hear these moments of prayer and this and that. Um, just a, a good friend the other day said this, said we cannot hold an event of prayer we must teach people how to become praying people. That's mm. right. And so that, that's one of those things that just kind of resonates with me, and that's the re-strategizing on the spiritual side of it. Amen. Amen. So good. Benjamin, how about you? What are you hearing? What are your thoughts on what Ryan was sharing? Ryan, I love what Pastor Ryan is sharing and, and saying, and I believe specifically that these Josephs that are arising in this hour, that they need to know, and even some of you who are watching, you need to know, that they have been being prepared for this for years and years and years. And you might even be a Joseph out there watching right now and feel like you are in the pit, you are in the prison, you are in Potiphar's house, you are in different areas and spaces that feel like captivity to you, but God is about to draw you out of that captivity and raise you up, as Ryan was saying, for such a time as this. Yeah. Joseph was raised up in the exact moment that he was needed mm -hmm. before things happen. And so I think because we're in the moment when the famine is happening, Joseph was raised up before the famine. Yeah. And so there are many who have been raised up strategically for this hour, but there are others who feel like they're in the pit, in the prison, that God is going to bring into the palace and deliver to the palace. Yeah. 
And so I really resonate with that word that Ryan just shared. The other thing that I feel, a couple of things that I feel, and I think we can all have, you know, real pieces to these things. But number one is um, before Yom Kippur this year, we were actually in uh, morning prayer just over here. And Pastor Francisco was leading prayer. Patricia was there. We were all crying out to the Lord, crying out in tongues, crying out in English, releasing a sound in worship and all of that. And all of a sudden, I felt like somebody grabbed me mm. or something grabbed me by the back of my shirt and drew me up into the spirit and all of a sudden I was in the spirit and it was like John said in the book of Revelation he said suddenly all of a sudden I was in the mm. spirit and I knew suddenly I was in the spirit and so I was looking up over the the nations of the earth and as I was looking over the nations of the earth I looked to my right and the Lord was there on my right and he said look see and there's a command to look and see even in Isaiah 60 that you've really right, been sharing right. and bringing so much revelation to the body of Christ that you've been bringing to us Robert and there's that command to look to mm -hmm. behold right. to see and so he said look and see and so I looked out over the nations and I saw several areas highlighted and as I saw these areas I saw thrones over these areas and the Lord was doing things in these thrones he was some of them he was smashing them mm -hmm. into pieces and they were blowing away like chaff in the wind it was like nothing mm -hmm. actually remained of these thrones other thrones they were being violently shaken almost like I would take a chair like I'm sitting on right now and violently shake it but it didn't fall over it was right. just being violently shaken mm. and totally unstable and and almost chaotic mm. and that was happening in certain places and then in other places I saw the Lord going to those thrones and kicking them over like he was angry at them almost and just kicking them over and then I looked and I my eyes were directed to the nation of the United States of America and I saw in the area of Washington DC I saw a throne and the, the throne was actually golden but there was a brown seat on this throne and all of a sudden I saw the Lord take a hammer and he smashed the seat of this throne and as he smashed the seat of this throne it disintegrated into dust it was destroyed but the golden part of that throne actually remained mm. and was not shaken and was not destroyed and was not brought into a season of toppling or shaking or chaos or anything like that and as the Lord smashed that seat he said this is my mercy this is my mercy and we started dialoguing about it actually even in prayer because I said to the group I don't fully understand all of what this means and Patricia King said it's the seat of man mm -hmm. because it was a brown, brown seat yeah. and she said it's the seat of man and God is destroying the seat of man in this area in in this nation and she said what happened to the rest of the throne she said did it remain and I said yes it did remain and so she said for that it was the kingdom of God that was being established right. everything that can be shaken yeah. is being shaken and so we're in a season where thrones are being shaken thrones are being destroyed and thrones are being kicked over and toppled and I see that in three specific realms I see it in the financial realm I see it in the government realm and and when I say government, I don't only I don't want to limit that only to the political because right. the government is authority. And there's, you know, you have a governing role, even though you're not in politics, you have a yes. governing role in the earth. You're yeah. a dominion steward, as you so eloquently coined that phrase many times. And I love that phrase. So I see it in the government, which does include politics. And then I see it also in the religious uh, sphere. So those three spheres that this is going to be mm -hmm. happening in. And it's the mercy of God that he's destroying certain things, demolishing yes. certain things, toppling certain things, because he is sovereign over the affairs of men. And I really resonate with what Ryan said in the beginning, that he's not looking at a year, and I'm not looking at a year right. either. Right. I'm looking at a decade right now. There are different times when the Lord tells me, look 50 years, look mm. at 100 years, look at 200 years, whatever. But right now I'm looking at this decade. And this entire decade, the words of our mouth, what we speak, and the sound is extremely important. I know the Lord's speaking to Ryan yeah. a lot about sound. And so I don't want to go too long or too far, but there's something with sound also yeah. that the Lord is leading us into. Yeah, I think you're both very spot on in this idea of while we're talking about sort of uh, what's coming in 2023, mm -hmm. I think maybe a better way to word this is what's 
what what are we coming into in 2023? What's ramping up in 2023? Because I have the same sense. I feel like, and I don't use this lightly, I feel like we've entered an age. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've heard people say season. I've heard people say era. And all of those, I think, can be applied. But I have this sense of it's an age. And the reason I feel like the Lord is showing me this is an age is because when it's an age, it's like, this is the sense I get. This age will last as long as it needs to. This age will last as, until we grab hold of the opportunity in the age. Because, you know, you talked about famine. You're talking about other things, the shakings and all of that. That, From a world perspective, that's crisis. Right. There's, an old, there's an old saying, I think it's an old Chinese proverb of some kind, where, or it's this Chinese symbol of crisis and opportunity are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a kingdom truth we really need to get our head around right now. Wow. That this is an age of crisis, or is this an age of opportunity? Right. The kingdom answer is yes, it is. Right. And one of the words I got for 2023, several different things I want to throw out to discuss with you guys and see how it fits with what you're hearing as well, um, especially with all that you saw, is I feel like one of the biggest words God's given me to declare for 2023 is literally a word, and it's start. Wow. And what that means is start stepping out, start moving, start remembering who you are, start start operating in your authority. Because what he showed me, actually this started with 5783, but he showed me it's going to increase through 2023, is that there is an all-out assault from hell coming specifically targeted our souls, which, and you guys, we've talked about this before, I've talked with you before, every assault of hell is ultimately targeted at the soul Mm -hmm. because the soul is where we choose what we believe. The soul is the area of volition. Will I believe eternal truth or will I believe these these light and momentary afflictions that don't seem light and don't seem momentary? I am an encourager. I am. A, I am. A, I have a Joshua call and a Barnabas spirit. Right. I love to lead the people of God into all that they've been given, but I also love to encourage them. And that's what this show's about: is encouraging, equipping, and empowering you all. So I'm like you, Ryan. I'm not used to words of warning, mm-hmm. but I've learned something when God gives a word of warning. Even if it sounds like doom and gloom and all out of salt from hell is coming against my soul, it's not a word of doom and gloom. It's actually a word of be aware Mm -hmm. because he also tells us the strategy. And again, one of the simplest strategies in this was simply the idea of of operating in your authority, Mm -hmm. stepping into the power that you have. Because here's something he showed me as I've kind of wrestled through all this with him. Because I told the Lord, Lord, I feel like I've been knocked down a bunch this last year. That wasn't an all-out assault. Mm. And he's like, no, 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 you have to remember that an all-out assault from, of hell came against my son. Mm. It wasn't into him being assaulted. It wasn't unto him being assaulted. It was his, unto him winning the greatest victory that's ever yes. been seen. This may look and feel like crisis. And here's the truth. Ryan and I were talking about this earlier. The enemy knows what buttons to push. I will give you one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given, and it's right when I started in full-time ministry, is a brand new Christian launched out into frontline pioneering ministry completely, completely in over my head. Somebody sat me down and said, you need to ask the Lord your three greatest areas of weakness. Mm. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound very smart. And then she said, the ha- and then it was a, a friend of mine named Shirley, and she was over our media department at the time, and, she, and, and I was starting to, she knew I was going to come into media eventually, and what that can, the challenges that can bring in the spirit. She said, you need to ask the Lord your three areas of greatest weakness, and then find someone or two people you really trust and share that with them so they can hold you accountable. And I will tell you what, that has served me so well over and over and over again. One, for me to be aware of them, so I can be in seasons like this where I know the buttons the enemy's gonna try to push. Be on the lookout and then know how to respond. And Mm -hmm. for me, it usually begins with praising God and reminding myself who he is, what he's done, what I've been given, but then standing in that, operating in that. Because here's the other thing that ties into what you were saying and also how the throne of man will be, the seat of man will be destroyed, but the kingdom of God will arise. That doesn't mean you stop being an agent of kingdom impact or kingdom authority. That's not what that's about. The more we allow the, uh, the, the kingdom of God to arise in us, the more authority we're going to operate in, because you said something about Romans 8, 19. 
And that's one of the biggest things I'm seeing in this coming year is it's a Romans 8, 19 time. All of creation is groaning yes. for the mature sons and our, all of our wonderful female viewers. You know that that word does not exclude you. There's no male or female in Christ Jesus. So you're a son just like I'm a bride, okay? <laughs> so, but it, that word, there's four sons for, uh, there's four words for son in Greek, and I know what a Greek scholar you are. This is the one, huios, mm -hmm. which means, so the mature one. So really that's saying all of creation is groaning for the mature ones to be revealed. What does it mean to be mature in God? Hebrews 5.14 makes it clear, especially in the old New Living, the 96 New Living that's out of print, but I love this translation. It says the mature one recognizes the difference between right and wrong and chooses to obey. Wow. Why is that so powerful coming into 2023? Because what is the world doing right now? The world is choosing, not recognizing what's right and wrong, but de declaring what's right and wrong. Like we hear, this is my truth. No, no it's not. It's your history, it's your opinion, it's your perspective, right. it's yours. It has validity, but it's not truth. This is truth. The, 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 the word of God is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. So the mature ones do the exact opposite of this anti-Christ woke agenda in the world of saying everything's valid. If it feels good, it's valid. It's my truth. No, no, that's, that, those are all traps of the enemy. And we're here to love those people and help set them free. We're not here to condemn them, curse them, and attack them. We need to be aware of that. Because a mature one recognizes the, the difference between right and wrong. Right is to love unconditionally while standing for truth. Amen. But if we choose to obey, that makes us mature. And again, what does this look like practically? These two men are friends of mine. They know me well. They are ones who I am okay if them saying, hey, What's going on with you? Your heart doesn't quite seem right today. And my report can be, yeah, I listened to too much news yesterday and I'm irritated about this or I'm frustrated about that or I can't believe what came out of so-and-so's mouth last night. That can be choosing not to obey right. because my portion is not irritation, anger. A mature one, the righteousness, the kingdom of God is righteousness mm -hmm operating his character and nature from right relationship, peace and joy. Mm -hmm. If I'm not in peace and joy, I'm choosing the wrong response. Right. So th th there's this invitation to grow up in a good way, to mature in this coming year, unto being a mature one, mm -hmm. unto operating in greater authority than we've ever seen before, where we're gonna start speaking to the storms in the earth. And one of the things I saw in a, uh, a live stream you and I were doing with a nation a couple weeks ago, with some representatives in a nation that's in turmoil right now, one of the things I saw in that applies to all of the body. The more we choose to be the wheels, because who's crying out for the wheels? Mm -hmm. Creation. Right. And the more we, ch we're going to see an opportunity, this isn't a certainty, this is an invitation and an opportunity to operate in creative miracles in a historic level mm -hmm. as we choose to allow God to mature us. I need this, I don't know about you, I need this. I wanna become so mature that my natural response or quick back into alignment is the character and nature of God because as we choose that, we're gonna see a greater authority we're going to see in that great authority, creation's groaning for this. We're not going to see creative miracles like limbs growing out. We're going to see creative miracles in the earth yes. to where when there's a famine, we can speak to a plot in our backyard or a food kitchen and see land become bountiful. Yes. I was seeing pictures of land that's been despoiled through different things. All of a sudden, through the mature ones standing and pleading the blood of Jesus and declaring the consecration of the blood, all of a sudden, creative miracles in the earth. Wow. Supernatural oil deposits being discovered, wow. minerals being deposit, discovered, a bountiful harvest coming forth and where once maybe there was desert, but we look at that and see that's how it looks now. I'm a dominion steward in the earth. I can speak to this thing in my authority and see where there's darkness or lack. Now this is going to become a bountiful harvest spot. Mm -hmm. And one of the keys to this, another thing that speaks to what you guys were saying, was one of the things that's coming out of this is a discipling movement. Mm -hmm. 
And this is not to say that the harvest is over. The harvest is still ripe. If you are passionate about the harvest, go and bring every soul in. But we have to realize that one of the things our Jesus did, that he models to us in the gospel, is he not only harvested, he discipled. Right. So he didn't just see that John and, and Simon and Andrew and, and James believed. When he saw that they believed, he said, come follow me. That's the discipleship invitation mm -hmm. to raise them up to be mature ones, mm -hmm. to send them out as apostles, which simply means the sent ones mm -hmm. as dominion stewards in the earth. Now, in Christ, he's perfect in all of it. Jesus was perfect in all of it. In the body of Christ, some are going to be really passionate about the harvest. Some are going to be really passionate about discipling those who have been harvested. Don't waste time attacking each other. That's immature. Mm -hmm. That's not mature. Right. Cheer on the ones who... I have friends who are so passionate about the harvest, they can't talk about anything but souls, souls, souls. My response is go. I love leading people to the Lord, but I also love when they're in the Lord, helping them grow in what they've been given. So that's yeah. some of the stuff I'm seeing wow. that I'm really excited about that's coming. We're entering this age in 2023. Yes. Amen. I do find it interesting because um, <clears throat> it, it is, you know, how do you define it? Is it age? Is it season? Is it time? You know, uh, I just spent a couple weeks ago with some leaders in the body of Christ. A thing that we do through RJM called a family gathering. And we, my wife and I invest into leaders in the body of Christ. And one of the things that the Lord had given me for that time was a 10 year timeline. Mm -hmm. And it was a bunch of self-evaluation questions. Mm -hmm. It was just a bunch of, you know, it, what are we doing that may be good, but not right? Mm -hmm. What a, what is lacking? What is a void? And does that void, you know, just all this. But ultimately, it was 10 years. Mm. That's what it was. And the question came with it was, what can be seen? What can be developed? What can be set into motion? And what can actually produce fruit? Mm. And the 10 years. And so I'm going through all these. There's a bunch of questions that God gave me. And they're all with me first before I ever introduce them with a, a leader. Mm -hmm. And I get down to the end of this, and I'm, I have a whiteboard in my office, and I, I'm just I'm staring at it, and I'm going over the questions, and I'm saying, God, what are you saying? Mm. Why 10 years? Why 10 years? I don't understand why you're wanting me to look 10 years and why you're wanting me to encourage other people to look 10 years ahead. What is it about the 10? And clearly what came to me was it's a generation. Mm. Mm. And the Lord just showed me, he said, you've got, a, you've got one generation to make a difference. Mm. One generation, 10 years, boom, that quick. And I was reminded of something, I was having a conversation with um, someone that does a lot of research and, and stuff and everything, and they were talking about the age bracket that we have to invest in children to where they will remember the things for the rest of their life, it'll change them. Right now, it just shifted. For many years ago, it was a lot older. But now, parents, between two to seven, whatever you teach a child between the age two and seven, that's what they'll wow. believe all the rest of their life. Wow. And after I was having this conversation with this person, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes sense now because everything that the world is pushing is towards yes. kids right, right now. And so then I'm sitting here and I'm looking up at this board and I see the 10 years, an entire generation, this is what's coming into my mind. I'm like, oh wow, we got a generation. How do we do this? How do we shift this? And this is what God is saying. And I genuinely believe that even though I'll use the terminology season or it might be age, I think what God is really calling us is, is we got an entire generation right here. Mm -hmm. That what we're shifting in. You said 10 years yeah. ago and you were saying an age. And I see that so much because really if you study the life of Joseph, even in everything that they've done, one generation changed everything. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's, right. a, it's one of these right. things that, right. you know, it, so it's, it's, a, it's an alarming thing to recognize. And again, it's not about the doom, the gloom, and the despair, and all those things, but it's the reality of recognizing what has happened and that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it does look dark in some cases, and I get that. But darkness is not an invitation of fear. Darkness right. is an invitation to reveal light. Mm -hmm. And so light is never consumed by darkness. Light always consumes the darkness. Right. And so that's what we have to remember as the body of Christ, as sons and daughters of God. But I want to say this. To everybody that's watching, you know, it, it, we, we say this a lot of times, I need a prophetic word. Tell me what God is saying for now. Mm -hmm. And you, you alluded to this a minute ago with a discipleship yeah. movement. Mm -hmm. 
I want to tell everybody that if you've never had a prophetic word or you're looking for a prophetic word, I want to give you one right now. So I'm going to look exactly at the camera. And here's your prophetic word. Are you ready? All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. This is Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the ways to the end of the age. I want to tell you something. A prophetic word for you right now is go and make disciples. That's good. And the truth is, right now if I ask a bunch of people, are you making disciples? Most people say, no, I'm not making disciples. And the truth is you are. Mm-hmm. We're making disciples every day that we live. The question is whether or not we're making good ones or bad ones. Mm-hmm. So the prophetic word for you personally right now, part of all this bigger picture, there's a little nugget inside, and that nugget is go make disciples. Amen. Yeah, Amen. yeah. Go make disciples. And this is a word, I'm speaking it over me more than you, but I, want, I mean this is a word of encouragement. In our culture, this is usually a word of condemnation. I don't mean that. This is a word of opportunity. It's time for us to grow up. And that's becoming the mature ones. Mm-hmm. And that's choosing to make a, mature, a good disciple instead of a bad disciple. That's choosing to see opportunity instead of chaos or seeing them both and realize there's opportunity in this because Joseph was a mature one. How did he get mature? He went through some real challenges and learned to trust God. And like Benjamin was saying, there many of you feel like you're in the pit or the or, or, or Potiphar's house or or the prison. Those that means you're being matured. And I know for me earlier this year when the Lord spoke to me, when I was sharing my heart, actually the very end of last year, it was December 31st, and I was sharing my heart with all that I went through personally, my family went through last year. I remember saying, God, I don't feel like I stood very strong last Mm. year. I feel like I got knocked down. I feel like I got my rear end handed me in the spirit a few times. Mm. Thank you that you never forsook me. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you were always there for us. I'm sorry I didn't stand stronger. Mm. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you stood strong throughout. You know, it's one of those moments like, God, did you check out on me last year? Did you not? And he said, this was the victory of 2021, mm-hmm. remaining in faith. Mm-hmm. Because one of hell's assignments, there is a spirit of apostasy loosed into the earth through hell, or from hell, that wants us to lay down our faith. Faith completely, or faith in the goodness of God in the yes. midst of the challenges, or faith that we can make a difference in that authority Christ has given us, all to his glory, by his power, in his authority, but we're here to deal with this stuff. All of that, that gets multiplied, believe it or not, when it looks and feels like nothing's working, but the mature one recognizes what's right, what this book, the Holy Bible says, is truth, and chooses to believe it, especially when it's hard, and that creates this maturing process that now all of a sudden you come out when in the crisis you see this as an opportunity for authority. Now you've stepped out of the pit, and, the, and Potiphar's house and the prison that the devil tried to trap you in. And now you're a Joseph because you're stepping into your authority because you know what's right no matter how things have looked. And I am telling you, shifts, changes, creative miracles, breakthroughs, harvest. And if they don't come the first time you step into that authority, step into it again. Right. But remember the simple word we, I started with is start. Start operating in that authority. Start declaring that word, especially if it felt like, I've prayed that prayer a thousand times, nothing happened. I've been there. Pray it again, but this time don't pray it from, I hope it works this time, and I get that mentality. But I declare over you a great grace through the last quarter of this year and coming into 2023, a great grace to take what the enemy has meant for harm and see it turn to the good and step into your Joseph authority, men and women, your Joseph authority to operate as a dominion steward and see new levels of favor, new levels of breakthrough, receive new strategies, receive new faith, and see it go forth in power like never before. Amen, amen. Benjamin, what are you thinking? I just really resonate with both of you, with what both of you are saying, and with what you were saying, Ryan, and what you were saying about Romans 8:19, the huios yes. coming through. 
Another word is teleos, which is another mature right. sun. It's where we get part of our word telescope from. We asked in 2020, we said, God, give us clear vision. Yes. I think a part of that clear vision is maturity coming forth, growth, mm -hmm. like you just said, grow up. And what you were saying, Ryan, about the fact that we have basically from two to seven to get our kids that's five incredible. years, that's it's nothing. Five years is nothing, yeah. it's a drop in the bucket. And there's a sound in the earth with all of this, with everything that we're talking about. There's a sound in the earth of desperation. Mm. There's a sound in the earth also simultaneously of birthing. There's a birthing of the move of God and there's a desperation in a generation that, that Ryan was talking about. You know, when God wanted to confuse a movement, he confused the sound. Mm. And there is a Babel sound that happened at Babel. There's a Babel sound in the earth, in the nations of the earth. Almost every night for the last three months, I'm waking up to hearing knocking on my doors. Mm. Nobody's there. I'm waking up to hearing keys dingling, jangling, unlocking. I'm waking up to hearing handshakes. I'm waking up to hearing pens, scribbling signatures. And I know, half the time I know, that there's something going on in the spirit. The other half of the time I get up and I walk around my right. property because right. I think right. somebody's knocking right. on my door. But there's so much activity right now that is happening in the earth and there's so much that is happening with a Babel type unity that is happening in the nations. Mm. And when God wanted to disrupt Babel, he came down. The Bible says he came down to disrupt their language. They were all of one uh, voice. They were all of one language. And so there was unity. And when it says in the scripture they were trying to build a tower to reach to heaven, when I was a little kid, like every little yeah, kid right. reads that, you, you, you hear it in Sunday school, you think, oh, they're trying to build a heaven high enough into the sky. I used to look up to the sky as a kid, you know, could we reach heaven by going up into the sky or whatever? But that word reach, it means to connect, mm -hmm. to connect. So mm -hmm. they were trying to connect to an ungodly power, a demonic power. If it wasn't a demonic power, God wouldn't have disrupted right, it. That's right. It was a false unity, a plural, a pluralism, a globalism, a, a unity that is not the unity of God. And so when God wanted to disrupt that unity in the earth, he confused the sound. They no longer understood one another, and so they were dispersed across the earth. Then, conversely, when God wanted to birth a sound in the earth, there's many examples in scripture, but one example we know is Acts chapter two, when he wanted right. to birth a a sound, a movement in the earth. And in fact, Jesus said, it's to your benefit that I go away, right. which always blows me away. Right. If, as, a, as a disciple, I would have been like, nope, uh-uh, mm -mm. nope. Mm -mm. It's not to my benefit. Mm -mm. No, Jesus, you stay here. You're the guy I saw call Lazarus out of the mm -hmm. tomb. You're the guy I saw walk on the water. You're the guy that now in my despair and utter agony, I saw rise from the dead. And then he starts saying, you know, I'm going away and it's to your benefit that I go away. And there's a, there's a greater one that will come. There's a comforter, a counselor that'll lead you and guide you into all truth. You all know the verses and those watching know the verses. So when he wanted to birth a movement in the earth, he birthed a sound. Mm. We think of it as a wind, but it wasn't a wind. Right. It was a sound as of a rushing violent yes, wind. Right. So they were baptized wow. into a sound. What does that feel wow. like? What does that look like? They were baptized into a sound. And so there's a sound of, of desperation in a generation. It's the groaning of, of Romans 8, 19. Right. The groaning of all creation. All creation includes people. Yes. It includes the land. It includes the rocks and hills and sky and earth. But it also includes every piece of dirt. We were formed from the dust of the right. earth. We are dirt you know, on the earth. From dust you are, dust you'll return. So we are, we are creation that is crying out. So there's a, there's a groaning in creation. There's a groaning, a desperation. My friend Jody Hughes, a prophet that's part of our community here says, the harvest isn't just ripe, the harvest is desperate. Mm. And so linking it to what Ryan just said that our dominion mandate that was lost in Genesis 1:28 and reinstated in Matthew 28 and March 16 as dominion stewards, that, that sound is desperate in the earth. And so there's a groaning in the earth for mature sons to come forth. And conversely, that desperation is going to be met with a birthing of a new move of God. And I believe that that new move is in the realm of sound right now. That right. might be a little out there, yeah. but I believe it. There's a sound being birthed of a new move of God in the sons of God that is going to meet that desperation with heaven's answer and heaven's solutions to birth a fresh Pentecost movement, a fresh harvest of souls, a fresh harvest in the nations, because the sound of God is in the earth and among the people. Yeah. And just before we go to you, Ryan, I want to encourage you watching that maybe you're like me and you, you can't hold a note. 
or you can't play an instrument. And sound can involve all of that. Mm -hmm. But it can also, I want you to understand, you are a sound. Yes. God has given you a voice. So you lifting your voice in work. I love to worship. The people around me on Sunday morning don't always love when I worship because of my sound, but my sound is necessary. I'll tell you this, your sound when you're alone in your prayer chair or your breakfast nook with your Bible and coffee, you declaring that word that jumps out of the Bible, that's the sound God needs to help birth this move. It can be something fresh and, and esoteric and, and mysterious from heaven. God does those things. But sometimes the most powerful things in the kingdom are simple and seemingly mundane, like bringing forth the Savior of all space and time and every person everywhere forever as a baby in a manger in the middle of nowhere. Your voice is needed. Your voice has authority. Your voice is part of that sound. And if you hear a sound from heaven, echo it. That might be a prayer. That might be a decree. That might be a new level of faith on a scripture you've read a thousand times. It might be a song. It might be a groan. But whatever it is, you're part of this sound, and God wants to use you to help release it. Ryan, so I know you've had a lot bubbling up in you. I'm watching you almost burst. So we're, we're going we're gonna to close here, but I want to give you plenty of room to share what's bubbling I, up in you. Yeah. Um, when you get on sound, man, I... I, I've been a student of this for well over a decade now. I've shared with Robert just a little bit, and I, I've just in the past few years been teaching on it and trying to get people to understand that one of the things I shared is sound precedes the manifestation of the revelation. Yes. So there is first a sound, then there's a manifestation, there's, there's a revelation of that sound, but we have aborted a lot in the kingdom because once we hear a sound, we're so excited that we heard something that we don't fight for the manifestation. Wow. In every birthing, there's always the revelation of the child, but the manifestation is a very traumatic mm. thing. Right. Right. And the reality is there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, when they hear a sound, they don't want to go through the travailing. Mm. They don't so want to good. go through the birthing process. Right. They don't want to, you know, when Elijah's on top of Mount Carmel, we understand that he got in a birthing position when he prayed. And a lot of times we don't want to go through that. Mm -hmm. We just want the revelation. Wow. And it's why a lot of revelations are left hanging. But I, you know, nutshell, I could say this. We understand that man has to be redeemed. We, we get that. That was the whole thing for Christ and the cross and, and everything. I can go further and tell you instruments have to be redeemed because all instruments, you can't point to an instrument and say, oh, Satan created those instruments. Instruments were created to glorify God. Right. Instruments in and of themselves cannot do anything, but once man does it, it all of a sudden has breath. Mm -hmm. Instruments only have breath once man is attached to it. Mm -hmm. But those instruments still have to be redeemed if they've been used for demonic purposes. Mm -hmm. But even beyond that, land has to be redeemed. Right. Mm -hmm. Because man comes from land. Even right. though we're made in his image and the likeness mm -hmm. thereof, we come out of the dust of the earth. So land is redeemed because land has sound. So I'll say it this way. If um, we're in Montana and somebody pulls out a bagpipe, we're kind of shocked mm. because it's not natural to the land. But if we're in Ireland or Scotland, we're not surprised because right. it's natural to the land. So if we do a research, we'll find out certain instruments or certain places because what they heard was the sound of the land. Wow. So we have to know the sound of the land in order to see that land redeemed. Now I'm saying all that to say, there is a sound within the body of Christ that we have to tap into the sound of heaven. It's like this, there's, there's people in the body of Christ that they say they want unity, but what they really want is uniformity. Because uniformity is you must look like me, sound like me, act like me, dress like me, all these little things, and you're wanting uniformity. Unity allows you to be different than me and you to be different than the both of us. Yet once we come together, we release an amplified sound. Yes. I'll put it to you this way. The middle, key on a, the middle C on a keyboard sounds a distinct way, so I'll be C. The E, it'll be C, D, E. The E will sound different than the C, and the G will sound different than both of those. But if I put them together, now all of a sudden I've made a chord C. Mm, right. So individually I have a sound, but if I right. amplify our sound together, I don't create uniformity. I create a unity of the distinct sounds yes. that creates an amplified That's sound. That's yes. good. So what the sons and daughters of God, the, the, what the earth is groaning for, that revelation, is not that we would be uniform, but that we would be that symphony mm -hmm. 
right. that to be able to have different sounds, but once we come together, it's amplified, and so there's a revelatory side of that. These things are important to recognize because I'm not discrediting your sound, you're not discrediting your right. sound and my sound, but once we come together, release that, which goes again to Paul talking about 1 Corinthians 14. <clears throat> the, the purpose of sound is that you would know that you're not clanging cymbals, that you would know whether to advance, to retreat, go left, go right. Without the instruction of the sound, all you're doing is making noise. And so many in the body of Christ has been making noise. Yeah. Mm. So good. Excellent. Wow. Here's what I want to do. Just one or two minutes each. Give the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might go hand in hand. So give a piece of counsel to the viewers for 2023, whether it's how to step into this, how to be, whatever it is. But take a minute or two, start with you, Benjamin, and share counsel mm -hmm. to the viewers for 2023 with all the revelation that we shared. Share some counsel. Right. My counsel to everybody who is watching for 2023 with everything that we have been sharing is to become a person increasingly more and more of prayer, mm. of prayer. Everything that we see as watchmen, my, my role as a prophet in the earth primarily is expressed through intercession. Everything I see, everything I hear, a lot of what I live that is prophetic, a lot of what I experience that is prophetic, 99.9% .9 of it I don't share publicly. I, I keep it and I pray it through. And so with everything that we're talking about, with what's coming, what's here, what the sound is, the harvest, the nations, the sound of Babel that God is disrupting, the sound of Pentecost, the sound of movement that God is birthing, everything, all of that is going to be brought through the womb of intercession. Intercession is the womb of history-changing strategy from heaven. And so be a person of prayer more and more and more. Pray, pray in English or your native language, whatever that might be, French, Swahili, German, Portuguese, whatever it is, pray in your native language that is known to you intellectually and pray in the spirit and allow yourself even in the spirit to go into the deeper sounds that Paul describes as groans that can't be expressed with human words because Holy Spirit is praying through you in that. You go from building yourself up in your most holy faith in tongues to actually birthing spirit things through spirit language. So become a person of prayer. Excellent. Ryan, one or two minutes. Counsel. Simple thing. Do not take on a spirit of fear. Wow. There's an opportunity because the world we live in, it is so easy. And we saw it within the past two years. So many people took on a spirit of fear. And we're not required to take on a spirit of fear. We're to fear the Lord God Almighty. And that's a holy fear. That's a reverent fear to who He is. But the only way you're ever going to combat fear is to stay in the Word of God. Mm. I'm just being genuine about it yeah. because, you know, it's not just building confidence up in yourself and, and listening to good things and having good thoughts. No, it is staying in God's word. When the impossible seems so impossible, that's God's opportunity to take it to a possible situation. So my, my counsel is very simple. Do not entertain fear. Yeah. And I can, I can dovetail off of that because my counsel to you would be the counsel God has given me. And it's to watch over your heart like never before and actually ask Holy Spirit to partner with you in watching over your heart. Because we talked about how hell wants to release an all-out assault against you. They did it to Jesus. And, and, and you know what? It's because hell is terrified of the role you're going to play on behalf of God. So when we say, Holy Spirit, help me watch over my heart like never before, what does that mean? It means like the other night, I was up at 3.30 in the morning sitting in my prayer chair while the Lord was showing me some areas of my heart or my mind that had gotten a little to the right, a little to the left, we're a little compromised, we're a little outside of his character and nature in response, in position. That wasn't condemnation, that wasn't guilt, that was shame, that was freedom. Mm -hmm. That was empowerment. That was an opportunity to mature a little bit. And then from that place, I was able to pray in authority. But it begins with watching over our heart. Tied very closely to that and to what these guys have said, the other thing God has told me in watching over my heart, it's very important that we do not give place to a victim mentality. So good. All of culture is declaring that there's power in being a victim. You've triggered me. You've offended me. Did it? 
This is a trap from hell and we have to be interceding for our brothers and sisters who are giving place to this and shouting it out because it's a trap from hell. When we take on a victim mentality, the enemy can devour us. It says he's roaming about like a lion, looking for, and this is in the New Living, which I love, in my old 96 New Living, it specifically says looking for a victim he can devour. This is important because it makes it clear when the enemy attacks like he's planning, that doesn't make us victims. We're victors in Christ and we can stand in an authority and negate that attack in the spirit and see victory for ourselves and multiplied through us for all of creation. But if we take on that victim mentality in the assault, then he can devour us. Mm -hmm. We are victors in Christ, not victims. If you find yourself taking on a victim mentality, what does that look like? Murmuring, complaining, self-pity, rationalizing and justifying self-pity. Then you get with God and you say, oh Lord, I did it again, forgive me. I'm not a victim, I am a victor in Christ. Show me how to stand in that victory. It's simple, but it's powerful, and the kingdom's always simple, but the simple things of the kingdom are always powerful. Amen. Any last words, my friends? Ryan. I'm good. I feel, I feel settled. <laughs> All right, then I'm going to ask you a favor, Benjamin. Look into yes, your camera and pray for our audience just before we close. Absolutely. Father, I thank you for every person that is watching. I thank you for everything you have stirred in their hearts. I thank you for the hope that you have stirred in their hearts. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we break off a spirit of fear. We have not received a spirit of fear, but we have received a spirit of sonship by which we call Abba Father. Fear has to do with punishment, but we have received the spirit of sonship. Father, right now we break off a spirit of victimization. Mm -hmm. We are not a victim, we are a victor in Jesus Christ. And Father, you said in your word that you always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Father, in everything that is going on the earth, you always cause us to triumph. So Lord, let an overcoming anointing be imparted, God, to every person who is watching, every person who is listening, wherever they are, whatever nation they're watching from. We impart right now an overcoming spirit by your spirit, God, by the ministry of Holy Spirit that is not bound by limitations of space and time. Right now in the name of Jesus, receive an impartation, not to be a victim, not to be in fear, but to be a victor that is a son of God in the earth. Reveal not exposed, but revealed, as Ryan said, in this season for such a time as this. You are an overcomer. You are a victor. You are not going to be defeated. In fact, in Christ, you cannot be defeated. So rise up, mighty man, mighty woman of God, and fulfill your destiny. These are great times, and you're a great person. God has much for you. Amen. Hey, thank you all so much for being with us for this episode of Heroes Rise. I've got one last strategy for you. My new book, Realms of Power, is now available everywhere. We did the pre-release special, but now you can get it at Amazon.com. You can get it at BarnesandNoble.com, ChristianBook.com. You can go to most Christian bookstores and get a copy or have them order it in for you. Get this book because it goes revelation by revelation, scripture by scripture, and most importantly, maybe step by step to get you moving in untapped dimensions of Holy Spirit power so you can be that kingdom come conduit we're talking about in this, in this age, God is wanting you to move in. So get your copy of Realms of Power and send me a note. Let me know which realms really jump out at you and which one realm you're excited about moving in and how the, the step-by-step uh, approach at the end of every chapter to get you moving in the realms, how they're working for you. I want to hear from you. So email me, robert at robertkotchkin.com. God bless you. Thank you for being with us for this episode of Heroes Arise, and we'll be back to pour more into you soon. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and men on the front lines.